This is Outlandish Outcasts at outlandishoutcasts.com. Welcome to Outlandish Outcasts. I'm your host, Al. With me, as always, my favorite person in the world, Desi. How are you doing tonight, Desi? Doing good. I'm glad I'm your favorite person. Yeah, well, you know, I don't like very many people, but you're definitely the top of that list. Great. I feel so special. (laughs) You should. You are a very special person. Hey! (laughs) I know what you're insinuating. I'm just saying you're special. I'm not a dum-dum like candy. No, you're not dumb. I said dum-dum. You're not a dum-dum and you're not dumb. Dum-dum likes to chew gum-gum. If you you were a dum-dum, what flavor would you be? Mystery. Okay, I was gonna I was gonna ask would you be mystery flavor, but then I just went with what flavor you'd be. So we know I'd be mystery flavor because yeah. you just never know what's gonna come. I am mm. not predictable. Not no, a predictable that, that's person. For sure. that's Unless for I sure. go shopping. Then you know the the questions that come out of my mouth. Yeah. But you can thank my mother for those questions. <laughs> Do I need this? There's a lot I can thank your mother for. If I was to come back in three days, would I still want this and feel I need this? Just because it's on sale, will we use this? <laughs> <laughs> funny, funny. Okay, sorry. I think uh, you're first this evening. I actually am first, and oddly enough, I try to shake it up a little, I guess, mm-hmm. the way you word that, um, but all my stories are kind of history type. Okay. Type. I mean... I've never brought a story about the future, so everything's about history. Usually, I try to mix it up a little, (laughs) though, where it's not all one subject. I I do the same. I try to do the same usually, too. But that didn't happen because everything I kept finding, and I kept going, well, I'll I'll find something else. And and then I'm just like, no, I want to talk about all of these. (laughs) I had to, to, like, shelve a story I really, really wanted to do do that. But I couldn't do that. Because. And I, and I and the only reason I'm I'm going it's a story I will be doing I will be doing it. You is it know, because in the next it was the same subject or something? No, it's like I oh did a God. Christmas story two weeks ago. It's you not can't Christmas. Do Christmas again until Thursday or after Thanksgiving. But I found this awesome Christmas story that I really wanted to do. So it mm-hmm. will be coming up after Thanksgiving. This story will be coming up after Thanksgiving. After Thanksgiving. Okay. Good. That's all I have to say about that. That's not true. You never have stopped saying things about anything. <laughs> this is true, but that's all I'm going to say about that on here. Okay. I might lecture you later about even bringing up Christmas before Sur- Thanksgiving Sur- again. Surprise, surprise, surprise. There are no surprises from you. None. None. Okay, so my first surprise for the night, though, okay, is I'm going to talk about Ernest Hemingway. Ernest Hemingway. I know. Mm. Surprising, being he was a writer and I don't like to read. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm going to be talking about him. not very familiar with Ernest Hemingway, so I'm... What? I'm, I'm interested. I mean, I know t- little bits and pieces, but not much. Okay. Well, apparently he cheated death five times. Really? But I'm going to say four after I went through this. So I'll leave it up to you and our listeners to kind of determine... Okay. On their own, how they feel about it, too, after I go through this. Okay. Um, but this is from Time magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, so, according to them, he didn't know or become known as liter- 
literary he-man without taking a few risks in art and in life. So from his birth to his death, uh, he had nearly as many real-life brushes with death as assigned to his similarly he manly (laughs) fictional characters. Okay. So, and maybe he just brought his personal life into the stories. A lot of people do that. Yeah, a lot of people do that. Um, He had obsessed with death ever since he had confronted it and nearly succumbed to it on an Italian battlefield during World War I, according to Time. Okay. So that was like his number one thing, or number one facing death yeah, where I, he had cheated it. I mean, if on a battlefield during World War One, Well, I, it's... it was more than just being on the battlefield. Okay. Um, he served on the Italian front lines as an ambulance driver with the Red Cross on July 8th of 1918. Uh, per time, he so badly wounded in a burst of shellfire. Uh, he emerged with 237 bits of shrapnel by Hemingway's own count. Wow. Um, an aluminum kneecap and two Italian uh, decorations. Holy cow. So yeah, that is, that's, that's he, cheating death. He cheated death there. He cheated death there, for sure. Um, he, number two on the list is shot while wrangling a shark. Shot while wrangling a shark? Wrestling, I guess. Yeah, uh, wrestling, wrangling, either or. So, like, that's insane. <laughs> in 1935, dispatched for a squire, uh, Hemingway doles out advice on how to kill a large animal, shooting it in the brain if it's close, the heart if it's far, or the spine if you need to stop it instantly. He was inspired to offer these instructions, right, on account of just having shot himself in the calf of both legs. Oh, my gosh. While attempting to gaff a shark on a shipping trip off Key West. <sighs> so he was in the water. There was a shark. He's and he just to decided, let's, let's see if we can do something with this. And, and he shot himself. And he shot himself in both calves of his legs. So he was lucky, A, not to be eaten by the shark or ripped to shreds by oh, the yeah, shark. Oh, yeah, especially after you shoot or yourself and you start B, bleeding. He's lucky he only shot himself in the calves yeah. <laughs> instead of some major artery in the thigh. That's kind of crazy. So that was a little bit of a, I'll give him that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So okay. number three, hunting German subs from a fishing boat. Hunting German subs from a fishing boat. Mm-hmm. So okay. during 1942 and 1943, Hemingway spent less time writing than he did a board uh his 38 foot wooden fishing boat armed with grenades and submachine gu- submachine guns uh scanning the gulf stream for german u-boats ernest hemingway was like an action hero i didn't realize <laughs> this he-man <laughs> like, literary he-man those were in quotes yeah. by time crazy so i love he-man I just thought um, he wrote, like, morbid, like, stories. <laughs> he lived those morbid stories, it sounds like, or the morbid stories gave him nightmares, which helped him write the morbid stories. Yeah. Um. So, he was more or less on these boats with grenades in case he saw something to drop on them. He never did see anything, um, and nothing gave him 
a run for his money, more or less. Is this like so, the one where he, you don't really think he cheated death? I don't think he really cheated death. I don't think he did either. One. If he didn't run into something that he actually cheated death with, he just happened to not see anything. No, I mean, granted, this is a time when you know there I are mean, submarines all over the seen place. Something, and, I'm sure he would have yeah. ran for his money. Uh, I'm, I'm sure he would have, but he just didn't run into an incident here. No. So yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't chalk that one up as a, unless there's something missing. But I'm pretty sure Time Magazine did their I'm, research. I'm sure they did. So the number four and five, he downed in a plane crash twice. Oh my gosh! So while on an Why African safari, again? <laughs> because you're in Africa, while on an African safari in 1954, he survived two plane crashes in two days. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. With his wife, <laughs> she did too. Oh. <laughs> That's insane. So, but it gets better. It gets better. So maybe this is where I'm like, mm, they should have just left three out and this four should have been five. Well, four should have been three, four, and five. Okay. Okay. So in the first plane crash, the pilot had to choose between a sand pit where six crocodiles lay basking in the sun or an elephant track through thick scrub. Hmm. So... I probably would have went with the elephants. Yeah, I was going to say the elephants probably. But then again, crocodiles, they only can come at you quickly for a few feet and, and then they did, stop. He, he described earlier how to take care of an animal like that by shooting mm-hmm. it in the head or the whatever. So maybe the crocodiles are the way did, to go. <laughs> they probably didn't have a gun, I'm assuming. But maybe then not. again, elephants, like a bull elephant, will charge you mm-hmm. if they feel threatened. Um so they went with the elephants. Okay. They crashed in the bush. They all survived. Um, I don't think they actually crashed. He was able to land it safely, more or less, without any injuries. Mm-hmm. So they got back on the plane because what's the odds that you're going to crash yeah, again? Not going right? to crash again. Mm-hmm. I mean, getting on the same plane, maybe he would. I don't know. Did the plane survive? Was it a different plane? <laughs> Did they uh, fix the issue? <laughs> <laughs> it says another small, boarded another small plane. So okay. it sounds like a second, which crashed and caught fire. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Both were seriously injured this time. Mm. Um, he did walk out of the ginger, jungle, ginger, <laughs> jungle in high spirits uh, per time, carrying a bunch of bananas, such as bananas and a bottle of gin. Of course. So um, more or less saying, my luck, she is running very good. Yeah. So... I would say five times minus number three. Yeah. And just look at the fact that, hey, the elephants didn't run over him, like yeah. trampede him or something. Yeah. That's insane. But that is. I thought it was insane. That's one of those things, if it was in a movie, you'd be like, this is way too unrealistic. It can't, well, I know. was like reading that and I was, and I came across the story where it was the two plane crash within two days. And mm-hmm. I'm like, what? So then I started doing my research. I'm like, Five. There are five instances. I can't even say it. But that middle one. Yeah. 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 It's always one of those what ifs, but it didn't happen. Cool. Cool. Well, my first story um, is kind of a little bit of history. Can you pause it for a second right here? Yeah. Start off with my, I'm hearing myself echo. You're, you're going to hear it a little differently right now. It's because of the new setup. 
Okay. There's no. I, I before we went through the, the, the setting, whole thing, the, I wanted to be like I didn't notice it in the beginning. The until, settings that I have set right now will sound different in your ears than it will when I play it back. Okay. I, I've been monkeying with it all freaking day. Okay. So. I just wanted to make sure I didn't want to get through the end of it and then you could hear it. No, you're not going to hear an echo. Okay. Okay. I just wanted to make okay. sure. Sorry. sorry. Mm-hmm. I cut you off before you got too far in. Your mm-hmm. first story. Yeah. All right. My first story. It's a little bit of history. It's a, I'm always interested in um, sayings in the English language and how they came about. Slang. Things like that. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you find out the history of things. You're like, oh, you know, I don't know if it's. I'm, I'm surprised I didn't know that, or I can't believe it's still used to this day, or psh, things I like that. I hardly even know how to speak, speak English, so psh, we're <laughs> well, good. We're good. Today's history lesson. Today's history lesson. I just got done talking about history. <laughs> no more lessons. It's about two for, uh, one word and a phrase. They both come from the same place. Twofer? I thought I no. heard you start saying two. No. I made up The twofer. phrase takes the cake and cakewalk. I know what cakewalk is. I've been in cakewalks. You've been in cakewalks? Yes. You know the history of cakewalks? I don't know if the I phrase... know the history, but I've been in cakewalks where you walk in a circle, they turn the music off, and if you land on one of the things on the floor, you get the cake, the bunk cake, okay. too. I'm sure that actually derives from this. That okay. sounds like it would derive from this. And it had to be a bunt the, cake. The, the word cakewalk, you know, in, now, in culture nowadays, means something was really easy. Well, yeah, it was, it was, it was easy. Walk. You walked in a circle. They stopped the music. If you stopped, you won, possibly won the cake. I mean, what easier game than that? It's not like you're hitting the donkey with the broom. Right. The that ca- takes work. The cakewalk <laughs> was a pre-Civil War dance, originally performed by slaves on plantations. It's a uniquely American dance, wow. first known as the prize walk. The prize was an elaborately decorated cake, hence cakewalk or takes the cake holy buckets that's like fully loaded here's how the dance worked couples would stand in a square formation men on the inside of the perimeter and then the men would dance around the ballroom as if mimicking white man's attitudes and manners and mannerisms okay that's weird because the cakewalk was in a circle from what I remember. The steps included a high leg prance with a backward tilt of the head, shoulders, and upper torso. Um, plantation owners served as judges. Shut up! And the uh, plantation owners, pro- most plantation owners probably didn't realize that their slaves were really kind of mocking them during their elaborate dances. <laughs> But that's what they were mostly doing. Oh, my God. Um, By the 1870s, a cakewalk was a popular feature of minstrel shows. Uh, Oxford English Dictionary has the usage of the word cakewalk began to take off during the 1870s. Um, Routines were almost exclusively performed by men. Uh, Weird. uh, The cakewalk was so ingrained in America's pop culture uh, that beginning in 1982, local cakewalk championships were being held in New York uh, and hosted a national championship in 1897. This was still like a dance-off? Yep. Uh, but this was in the 80s, well, late 80s, yeah. when I did the, well, mid-80s, when I did the cakewalks. As weird. <laughs> it is really kind of weird. Um, 
the reason for the um, how it became a saying of it, uh, it takes the cake or uh, uh, easy or whatever I said earlier lost my train of thought. <laughs> That's because I'm so pretty. <laughs> you looked at me and you were like, "Whoa!" Oh, this is late, and I'm gonna be up editing all night. Sorry, that's partially my fault. There was a stat I wanted and I totally lost it. Easy. Oh, there is what I wanted. <clears throat> okay. When uh, it became popular in in uh, in our language, it, you know, obviously it meant you know something was easy or simple to do. Um, but that's not because the cakewalk competition was easy. It was because the dance steps were fluid and graceful, and the hard work by the dancers gave them the impression of great ease. So I just thought it was really interesting, being this you know a, a slave dance basically that was. I know, knew it, I know it blew then. my mind. Like I, you said that and yeah. I went, what? Like, holy crap. It, it, it's crazy. Just holy thought crap. It was really interesting. No wonder why we don't do those anymore though. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it, it's one of those pieces of history that it's like, okay, we shouldn't be oh, we shouldn't celebrating, be. We shouldn't be something, celebrating like something like this anymore. It, it, it's, it's not derogatory. Yeah, it's almost. not any difference that in my mind, it's not really any different than yes. It's a good thing. Blackface has faded away from our pop culture. Oh my God. You know, it's the same yeah. type of thing. Yeah. It's, it, it, it it's taking and taking, a point in history and not focusing on the right spots i don't think <laughs> i'm just shocked because i used to love cakewalks but now knowing the history because i've always wondered like mm -hmm. how come we don't do stuff but it's like bobbing for apples almost too yeah. there's reason why we don't do those <laughs> yes there is yes there is i mean could you imagine doing bobbing for apples right now no <laughs> <laughs> so anyways uh Thinking of bobbing for apples is something you would do in school. My next story is actually about a school assignment. A school assignment. From a 14-year-old uh, in um, Denmark. And this okay. is actually a few years ago that this had happened. But a 14-year-old, Daniel, I'm not even going to try to say the last name, Christensen, I'm assuming assuming, but it's with a K, blah, 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 we're talking Denmark, mm -hmm. uh, was given a school assignment to do research on World War II. Okay. Okay, so while using a metal detector to search through a field behind his home near Brixels, Denmark, wherever, okay. uh, he stumbled upon a wreckage of a crash, a German Messerschmitt uh, fighter plane. Wow. With the pilot still in the cockpit. Holy cow. I wonder if he was still alive. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> so the boy's father uh, told the Danish radio station that his grandfather had mentioned seeing a German plane crash into the field be behind their farm. And a lot of questions went through my head at that point that were not going to be able to answer. Hmm. Uh, when my son Daniel, this is a quote, when my son Daniel was recently given homework about World War II, I jokingly, jokingly told him to go out and find the plane that is supposed to have crashed in the field. <laughs> so he did. He found it. <laughs> so That's crazy. After the metal detector picked up 
parts of the plane the family began excavating with the help of a trencher. Uh, once they uncovered bits of clothing and bones, they called the local police at that point. Hmm. So representatives from German embassy in Denmark and bomb disposal experts soon arrived at the scene to examine the pilot's remains. Um, so along with his suit, his hat, the pilot was found with two Danish coins, food stamps for an on-base canteen, and three unused condoms. <laughs> Wonder if they're still good. Oh, yeah. No. So... Um, the Messerschmitt BF-109 plane model was discovered, um, which was one of the most commonly used German fighter planes. Mm -hmm. um, hmm. And then a few days later, there was an update to this, the identity of the pilot who whose plane was discovered by the British schoolboy was 19-year-old Hans Wunderlich. Wunderlich. Hmm. Uh, the remains were examined at the Historical Museum of Northern Jutland by Museum Curator, I'm saying that wrong, uh, Torben Sarwu. Okay. There's a lot of vowels. Yeah. Um, and a team of researchers. They pieced together his identity by examining bits of his service record found in the rubble. And it was not in one piece, but it was enough to read his name. And his name was also written on a small calendar book, and initials were etched in his watch um, were the final clue. So they were able to mm, take all of that and say that this is for sure him. Mm. Um, military records showed he was born in Bavaria in 1925. He died unmarried with no children. German authorities reported that his parents had died in 2006, and this article is from 2007, so it's mm -hmm. kind of sad. Yeah. Um, and his only remaining relative, a sister, died around the same time. Hmm. So it's like your sibling, your child yeah. disappears in war, and you never, never hear, hear again. Yeah. And you have no closure. You die. Decade yeah. later, you're found kind of a sad ending it is kind of sad it was kind of interesting could you imagine a school project like hey that, my dad jokingly said this and boom there's a huge piece of history in my backyard yeah. it's sad when you think of it from the human angle and then my head pops back to history and goes he was a nazi <laughs> you know that's <laughs> just where my head but goes at the same time it's sad this though. nazi it's thought he was fighting yeah. for the right exactly yeah exactly and, Anyways, no. I'm not saying Nazis are a good thing in no. history at all, by no means. But as you know, as a parent, not knowing where your kid exactly. is, exactly, I was looking at if that was my child and I didn't know, yeah, whatever happened to them, they just disappeared yeah, out of thin that's air. That's a sad story. That's sad. Yeah. But a really cool story for the kid who found it. That, Heck that's yeah, really could cool. you imagine being like, oh, I wrote my paper. I am getting an A. <laughs> yeah. I am getting an A. I don't even think I have to write it. <laughs> Can I just tell you? I found a skeleton in a plane in my backyard. Yeah. Yep, Take yep, pictures yep. and be like, is that the report? Can I just hand this in? <laughs> I don't, I don't want, really want to write it. I'm too excited. I can't. I don't want to. So I'm going to say I can't. Oh, so my next story. Dun, dun, dun. I, my next story comes from a very remote state in India. 
remote state. They have states they have in states. India? Yes, they have states. That's kind of interesting. I have no no idea because every place is different. Mm-hmm. Uh, this The name of the state is Megayea. I had to look Did it up. Did you say like, it right? I had to look it up like four times, ran it over and over and over again, so I got the pronunciation. I, I've done that sometimes. Like the whole German plane. Yeah. I wrote it out how I would pronunciate it. This, Did I just uh, say that wrong? Enunciate yeah. that? I'm going back to my old Desi dictionary. Good this, for uh, that. This remote state has been known for something kind of peculiar for the last 50 years at least. Maybe okay. in, actually probably a little longer. What is it? Um, well, the best way to describe it is to tell you um, some names. There, there's some elections coming up, local elections in this state. Okay. And the ballots are full of names of people running for office, like, you know, they're okay. supposed to be. And the best way for me to describe what the, the odd part about this state is for me to tell you the names of some of the people on the ballot. Okay. I'm now really curious. Names. Yes. Um, we have uh, Adolf Lou Hitler Ragna. What? Billy Kid Sagma. Shut the bleep up. <laughs> Darling Wavel. Who the hell's Darling Wavel? I don't know. Uh, Field Marshal Moppentang. <laughs> Frankenstein oh Mommin. Oh my God. <laughs> what the hell is going on here? Um, reporters have been writing about the names in this state for many years. And, um, there's no concrete explanation to why people are named so interestingly in this state. There's a few theories. Other than no they sound concrete. good, but they don't really understand where these names are coming from. So they're naming them because they're different. Well, one theory is that there's a lot of, uh, a lot of missionary work in this area. From outside, of, from outside of the area. I know that's weird. But, um, you know, about um, 2% of India is Christian. About 70% of the state is Christian. So it, it's, okay. it's definitely a different area than most of the country. So that 70% is and what like it's 1.5% of the... Yeah. What they're saying is a lot of people have come in to preach from from mostly from England, some from the U.S., and they've brought kind of a little bit of culture with them, and they thought it was cool, so they started naming things after them. But have you noticed the names yeah, are not I know. I like know, I know, I know. Pope John Paul II or something like that? Another theory is that the people here try to sound knowledgeable by naming their children after great leaders. <laughs> oh, my God! And the, Adolf Hitler the second is not part of the a names, great leader are part of their culture where laughter is considered extremely important (laughs) so yeah it is very common for people in this area to be named after you know like i said think people like adolf hitler or frankenstein oh my god what what, somebody's missing charles manson (laughs) i mean there are ones that aren't you know who's the kool-aid guy the jim Guy from the states, and he moved to Columbia or wherever the heck it was. But there, Jim Bob Joe. Here's one. There's a there's a a Jimmy Carter Sangma. 
Okay, Jimmy Carter's not too bad, but he is an extremely well-known no. president, yeah. I guess. There's uh He's known for Rockefeller Mommin. On. Rockefeller Mommin. Who's Mommin? Uh, that's just his actual last name. Is it name. Norman Rockefeller? Wait, Rockefeller. It was a Norma- Norman Rockwell. Who the f- Flip is Rockefeller. That's like a big popular ice skating rink, I thought. The Rockefellers New, were New a very rich family in New York. They controlled a large portion of the That's city. That's the first name. Yeah, well, most of these are like that. The Hitler's last name here on here is Ragnasaw. <laughs> they had Adolf on there. Adolf Lou Hitler Ragnasaw Marek. There you go. Adolf was in there, though. You no, know, it was, of course. Rockefeller was as the first name. Yeah, I know. I'm not saying I didn't name these people. They named their kids, not me. Oh my god! <laughs> um, they did interview um, Adolf, and I'm he said, "I'm so upset we didn't name our kid." <laughs> he said, "My parents liked the name, and hence christened me Hitler." Chris, <laughs> I'm happy with my name, although I don't have any these dictatorial are just as bad tendencies. As tattoos. <laughs> That you get with all the symbols, and then you find out it says it means something like chicken shit. Yeah, yeah. Or mayonnaise. <laughs> well, they wouldn't have mayonnaise in Japan or China or anywhere that has symbols. Yeah. They they might have something that would be like sriracha sauce, <laughs> jalapeno. Yeah. I thought it was an interesting thing to be known Tuna. for. So if you're ever, you know, traveling through India, try to try to visit and see if you can meet any famous sounding people. We can't really make fun of people like that, though, because no. I, I've i worked for many different types of customer service places. And one of the best names in America, there were a couple, but I, one of them I don't want because mom would still probably sue if she ever heard this. Um, but a different one would be King Mattress. Why? King Mattress. King, first name. Yeah. Mattress, last. Interesting. Really, you thought King was a good name? Yeah. Why not? Oh, I want to say the other name, but I can't because mom was threatening to sue the school because they couldn't get the hyphen said Mm. correctly. Mm. Anyways. Anyway, that's my uh, second story. Second story. Oh, that means I'm up next. Woohoo! It's me. Okay, so my last one. Okay. So I'm going to talk about Mary Shelley's favorite keepsake. Mary Shelley's favorite keepsake. We don't know who Mary Shelley is. I have no idea. I, for a second there, I was trying to think, is this like somebody I should know? It was like, I know there was like a I feel like maybe it is someone Shelley we should know. that was in some maybe... Dracula story. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe it was Dracula. One of the Dracula stories. I don't remember. If y'all want to know, Google. (laughs) It's a wonderful thing. Google works. (laughs) Maybe we'll bring the story next week. (laughs) So what I'm going to talk about with Mary Shelley, though, is her favorite keepsake. Okay. So as we have learned recently, people grieve in different ways. Mm -hmm. Like put teeth on rings oh yeah that was gross yeah Yeah. so back in the 1600s it wasn't uncommon to actually make jewelry out of hair of deceased loved ones oh my god hair gross not gross yes hair is gross i'm sorry i could take your hair right now okay you're gonna take my (laughs) hair 
by the way, I'm bald. <laughs> I shave my head. You have a beard. You have a beard. You're, you're going to save this. It's going to look like you're carrying around a bunch of pubes. You take... <laughs> <Gross>. <laughs> Told you it was gross. That's disgusting. No, and you braid it, and you can make a ring out of it or something oh, like that. You better have a small finger. I don't have a very long finger. I have small fingers. You're not that small. Ooh, them fighting words, Alan. Mm-hmm. Did you just call me fat? No. Do I look good in this dress? I just dress? don't have any hair. <laughs> Do I look good in this dress? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, anyways, so in some parts of Madagascar, people dig up the dead relatives every few years and dance with them. That's weird. I thought it was every year. They dig up their dead relatives and dance with them. Yes. It's a tradition. So kind of like wake the dead from Adam's family. No, it's no. It's kind of what it reminded me of. <laughs> and even now, uh, we consider a fairly normal and, and s- and some people may find that, find this weird in a hundred years. Uh, incinerated people. Yeah. So I mean, we put them in normal. decorative urns, put yep. them on the mantle, and just stare at them. Like, that's my dead grandma. I've seen many people, you know, wear them on a necklace or my, know, something like that. That's my dead dog. Yeah. So that's if normal. If you're really, really creepy like that guy from Unsolved Mysteries, you keep your your, your dead wife in the closet. And... Oh, my God. With the... With the, <laughs> the he had a shrine. He had like a shrine there set was, up to her. There yep. was a word I was looking for. He had a shrine for her in there. Yep. Um, well, taking all that into con- account and everything, um, Mary Shelley, she may not be that weird. Uh, so her husband, Percy Shelley, was just 29 when he drowned after his, his boat, Don Juan Tequila. <laughs> Sorry, uh, was caught in the storm on July 8th of 1822. Shelley's body um, and those of his two sailing companions were found 10 days later, identifiable only by their clothing. Mary Shelley, I think, sh- sorry, I think she wrote for Frankenstein. She might have. Now that I think I, about it. I don't or know. Or somebody with a similar name. Sorry, I didn't mean to. It actually makes sense because... Because I found this when I was looking for Halloween stories last okay, week. so that so would make sense. That, that, possibly, that, yeah. maybe, yes. Um, and anyways, he was cremated, but for some reason his heart refused to burn. And That's modern, weird. Yeah. Modern f- physicians believed it may have been calcification due to an earlier bout with tuberculosis. But which doctors at the time, I'm sure, figured it was the devil controlled his heart. Wouldn't let it burn. Well, <laughs> hence Dracula yeah. or Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Which one did you say? Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Dracula would have made more sense. It would have, but I'm pretty sure this is Frankenstein. I want to Google this, but I don't have my phone with me right now. It's charging because it's almost dead. So anyways, um, instead of burying it with the rest of the remains in a Protestant cemetery in Rome, Mary kept the heart. And in a silken shroud and said to have carried it with her nearly everywhere for years. She kept her the heart. And carried it with that, her. That's weird, strange, gross. What if I kept your heart? No, thank you. You're gross. Just kidding. That's just. Uh, I would be pissed if you didn't carry my heart around with me. Carrying around a body part of If it didn't burn with one. the rest of me? 
Oh, wait, you don't want to be burned. I don't want... I don't really care. I... Uh, it's cheaper, burn me. I don't really care. I just... Do uh, you think it stunk? Like, you think of a body part, like, aging? In, no, it was probably smoked. Like bacon? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Beef jerky, bacon, yeah. whatever. It was like smoked meat because okay. it went through the incinerator, came out still whole. Okay. It was smoked. It was... It was that's, it was lasting. That's really weird. Everlasting. Really weird. So, like Dracula, not Frankenstein, which is where I think I keep getting confused. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways, in 1852, a year after she died, Percy's heart was found in her desk. It was wrapped in pages of one of his last poems. Apparently, he was a poet. Oh, how romantic. Um, that's probably why she fell in love with him. He started sweet talking her with these little poems. And he's like, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh. <laughs> she actually thought, I'll take your heart and wrap it up in that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so the heart was eventually buried in the family vault with her son. <laughs> that's strange. Why? It just, it's. I don't think that's any more strange than somebody putting a wisdom tooth on an engagement ring. You're right. It's not any more strange than that. That was also strange. <laughs> Everybody has different ways of viewing and yeah. perceiving things, yeah. I guess. When I die, I want you to carry around my thumb. Just take my thumb. Because then you can carry it in your pocket. It'll I'd rather fit take your ass so I can stick it up other people, or your foot so I can stick it up other people's asses. I was going to say, I don't have much of an ass. I don't know what you're going to do with that. I meant foot <laughs> so I could stick it up their ass. I'll be like, oh. careful, I'm going to stick Al's at foot up your ass. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, no. I thought that would be good, but I don't like feet. So that yeah. might be an issue. <laughs> you really want my feet. Go right ahead. I lied. I lied. I don't want to. I mean, foot. you can have them now. Here. No. Get it. <laughs> Freaking way from me. Gross. <laughs> Disgusting. Oh, funny, funny, funny. Anyway, my last story. Your last story. My last dun, story. dun, dun. Better be scary. It's not scary. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's a criminal, a, cr- a crime story. Ooh, we haven't done this in a while. We haven't done a criminal in a while. I like doing dumb criminals. This is kind of a, you almost got away with it, criminal. Like, almost. That would be me. I almost got away <laughs> with it. Almost. This, I'm not smart enough to get away with it. Uh, this one's about Lisa Landon. She's 33 years old, lives in Littleton, New Hampshire. Hmm. And There's crime that happens in New Hampshire? Uh, well, I mean, she was... Uh, uh, she was charged with uh, possession of methamphetamine. Holy that crap, they actually everywhere. have drugs up there? Oh, Just, sure. kidding. Just kidding. Just <laughs> kidding. I just wanted to sound naive. Anyway, um, a state forensic examiner was supposed to uh, be meeting with her to do a to do a competency evaluation. Um, competency. But before but before he uh, before he went, he checked the system, and it turned out uh, he saw in the state uh, record system that the charges had been dropped. Okay. So he reached out to the prosecutor just to make sure that the, he didn't still need to show up and, and interview uh, Miss Landon. And the prosecutor was a little shocked at the charges being dropped because they hadn't dropped any charges against her. Okay. T- turns out somehow she was able to access the state system, uh, upload f- uh, falsified documents, dropping the charges against herself for the... 
methamphetamines. In the words of our son, I've been hacked. <laughs> yes, yeah, something hacker, like that. Something hacker. like that. Yes. They're a hacker. They're a hacker. It's possible. It's possible. I'm not sure exactly how she got there, but uh, she she uploaded six different documents. Uh, she is now facing charges of falsifying documents and imperson- impersonating a public officer. So she Wait, didn't get away with it. Impersonating an officer. Yeah. I don't remember she, hearing you say anything about that. She signed the documents in somebody else's name, a public official's name. Oh, okay. I thought maybe that was like part of what she got arrested for. No, I had no, no this idea. Is, this is all the, 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 the new the new charges um, for dropping the charges on herself. So she had papers or an electronic form that she signed off that on. she signed off on you you know forging somebody else's name uploading them she to almost the got away with that she almost did uh the forensic examiner um if it, the prosecutor said if the forensic examiner didn't uh alert them to this they she, wouldn't it would, even it notice would, it would have slipped through the cracks they wouldn't have noticed it would have <sighs> never popped up on somebody's docket for the day um but the forensic examiner wanted to make sure he didn't need to interview her so do we yeah. know what she did for a living? I have no idea. Um, she I was a do, hacker. I do not know what she did. She might have been a hacker. Maybe not. Um, They're a hacker. That's what he used to say. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that would that would be our son. Our son would say that for sure. Anyway, just a funny little uh, little crime story for the end of this episode. I wish I was smart enough to like hack systems. That would be kind of cool. If if you as could, long as I was smart enough to get away with things, clearly she wasn't. No, if if you could hack systems, you could hack everybody's iTunes account and make our them Alexa download our podcast. Has been acting weird lately. A lot have of you noticed have. that? I haven't noticed it, there but I read twice, a lot about of really weird things. Twice that in the last been doing. two weeks, something odd happened, and Ian was with me both times. Oh, I bet. We were sitting there, and I'm like, I looked at him, and I'm like, we were just reading, buddy, and neither one of us said her name. And by the way, we're not very good podcasters because we probably should have picked a different word and said maybe the echo or something along those lines. Sorry for everybody's Alexa going off right there. <laughs> Alexa, <laughs> tell me a dirty joke. No, 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 no. You do Alexa, listen to Outlandish Outcasts. But they're already listening to it. I know, but they'll listen to it again and again and again and again. Oh my god. <laughs> Anyway. No, the dirty joke is better. Yeah, dirty joke one's kind of fun. I like, or Alexa, play Jeopardy. <laughs> I love Jeopardy! It's kind of fun. Um, if, uh, what was I going to say? I don't know, totally lost my train of thought. Anyway. I have that effect on people. You can uh, send us an email at outlandishoutcasts oh, yeah, at gmail.com. Otherwise, you can come to our Facebook page. I almost said post. <laughs> Just come to that one post that one time. That's all you need to do. Outlandish Outcast Podcast. Definitely like our page. Um, Leave some comments and share, share, share away. You can follow us on Twitter at Outlandish Casts. (laughs) Our oddball out. (laughs) We're all full of that, though. Otherwise, you can come to Instagram at Outlandish Outcast Podcast. Definitely follow us there and love our posts. 
and also leave a rating or review in whatever podcast app you are listening to. And just remind Ellen how funny I am. Yeah, I need reminding. Trust you me. do. I do. You I do. do. I need people to remind you because I shouldn't have to remind you about how funny I am and how dry you are. It would just it, like this Merlot I'm drinking right here. It See would be. This? It would be a lot easier to remember if you'd say something funny i say funny things all the time <laughs> anyway i think that's enough for today have a good week really everybody. bye that was